Travis, it is that time again. It's that time again? Awesome. It's time for Late to the Party with the Travis Tate that I'm talking to. Hey, everybody. It's me. It's Travis Tate. And that's Jake. Yep. I'm the other guy on the show. I'm pointing in his general direction. Uh, I am the guy who is going on, I believe this is my seventh week, uh, staying home. Oh, my gosh. It is. Yeah, it is bananas. How does that work? Are you furloughed or are you using vacation yeah, time what? i am actually drawing furlough unemployment right now oh okay my first little my first little taste of the government teat came <laughs> through last week i was actually really fortunate uh cindy works with some people whose husbands are uh, or significant others have been furloughed and they've had a bit of a they've had a bit more of a struggle having their stuff work out i just apparently got lucky yeah there's some people i know that have been trying to get on unemployment and just for whatever reason can't get approved that's rough yeah i i am very very fortunate me too well i haven't been furloughed but but my wife (laughs) had to be on it so you've just been rolling you've still been rolling and rolling and rolling rolling, rolling. just like the undertaker rolling 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 oh did did the undertaker did he was he uh down with the uh Limp Biscuit for a while. Yeah, he had that as a theme song when he was uh, the Biker Undertaker for uh, maybe a month or two, and then it went to uh, American Badass by Kid Rock. After that, yeah, <laughs> not not particularly well aging uh, <laughs> people to have backed. Although uh, Fred Durst, I guess, is a pretty decent uh, film director, from what I understand. I will take people's word for that. <laughs> Yeah, which makes no damn sense, but, uh, you know. I'm not going to seek it out to test right or wrong. I'll just say, good for you, Fred Durst. I hope you turned your hat around at some point. Because you're 50 now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if he's still got the the creepy uh, goatee thing going, too. Uh, Probably. (laughs) Guys like that, I don't think. uh, I think guys like that just never figure out that they grew out of it. Well, that's because they don't. What is is it? Rob Deerdick is he the uh, what is that show? Oh, the one on MTV, the blooper show, America's yeah. Funniest Videos, America's basically. America's Funniest Home Videos, except, <laughs> yeah, yeah, shitty, shitty America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah, I I see that uh, being a guy who in his like mid fifties is still wearing like baggy t shirts and jeans and still, you know, thrown out <laughs> thrown out lines that age have aged out like. A decade past. I didn't even know who he was. I had to ask a young person. <laughs> is he a skateboarder? I think he was a pro skateboarder. I don't know if he still is now. Yeah. But apparently he's got a personality so he can host a show. So good for him. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he's not a uh he's not a film star or T V star who was given a hosting job, so there must be something there, question mark. Yeah, why not? I mean it's MTV. <laughs> yeah. Music television. <laughs> the only thing that don't show is music. Yeah, that's it, even that is like a joke that I think has has sort of uh I'm trying to I, I don't I can't think of a parallel but that's one of those jokes that it's like okay, well, yes, it's a valid joke, but it's been made so often and nothing's been done about it that you know, it, it's when say South Park says we're not doing Trump jokes anymore because it's just not funny anymore. It's like it's definitely a, a, a it's definitely not that that amount of severity, but it's kind of like, well, we can't really pick on music television for not being music television anymore because when was the last time it was that even? 
I don't know, mid nineties. I remember, well, yo MTV raps was like early nineties and then it just kind of, we was, we was watching yo MTV raps with the haps with the craps. I think it was around the time that, uh, the real world debuted, which is about the end of our high school days, probably. So about mid. Yeah. And that's when they started going into reality type stuff. I mean, they they still got MTV too. You can watch that. That's videos. There's a, there's any number of cranky people who will complain about something on uh, ESPN not being quote-unquote sports. I, I saw a news article, uh, I think, this morning, and it was about uh, how uh, ESPN hosts deal with not covering sports all day long. And I'm like, they only show like four and a half minutes of actual sports clips on a yeah. two-hour episode of SportsCenter, so it can't be that different. Yeah, watching any kind of ESPN uh, largely hinges on either A, you are so obsessed with sports that you can handle this, or B, you're only watching for maybe a half hour, 45 minutes, because all their programs are just basically three new hosts analyzing the same five stories that the last hosts were analyzing. Well, they have like five different ESPN channels that are basically 24-hour news. You'd think they could cover every single game that happened that day. But it's always, and now here's the same highlights you've already seen from this same game you already watched earlier. And they don't even cover yeah. 75% of the sports that are going on anyway. So I don't feel yeah. bad for ESPN. It's like, eh, the they're not really doing their job. Get, the one that generally gets me is like uh, every once in a blue moon, something video game related kind of hits a peak of uh, we're going to show – you know, we're going to show a, like a Street Fighter tournament on Sports Center, and that's when people really hit the roof of like, eh, this isn't a sport. Like, look, man, the poker tournaments have been on here. I think that ship has sailed, guys. Or that ship has sailed, guys. They've been showing classic WrestleManias on ESPN and on uh, Fox Sports One, FS One. I mean, that's that's pretty valid. That's uh, it, 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 one of another one of ships that have sailed. Is anybody who says like, oh, you know the you know that uh, wrestling isn't real, like, yeah. Yeah, every, yeah I think everybody knows. <laughs> like, kayfabe hasn't been taken particularly serious since, I, I I would even say in the 80s, people weren't taking it serious. Like, we're talking... No, not really. We're talking, like, what, like, 60s territory stuff where they thought that there was any realism to that at all, maybe? I don't know. For sure there was then. I mean, when you're a little kid, you're kind of like, I, my dad says it's not real, but... I cut, yeah. Maybe it's real. You know, I still think oh, the I same mean, thing about the NBA. So, you know, uh, <laughs> if you're a kid, if you're a dad and has a kid and you're watching WWE, it is your moral obligation to make them think it's real. Oh, no. My, my dad would say, just so you know, this isn't real. It's entertainment. Uh, don't do these moves oh. on your siblings because <laughs> I think I I'd separate well, okay. or I dislocated my brother's shoulder at one point okay. and that's when I had to get the talk. <laughs> okay. That's, that's different. Uh, you know, that uh, <laughs> I, I get that. I, I don't think that the, uh, my brother and I really ever had any like trying to give each other sweet chin music or anything like that. So my dad was <laughs> totally, my dad was totally up in, in the business like, Oh no, this, this guy, this guy is actually dead. You know, he's rising from the grave or any number of things like that that you want to pretend are real or, you know. Speaking of wrestler deaths, we'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah. Not actual deaths, just just silly things that happened on something I watched last night. We'll get to it in a little bit, yeah. though. 
Yeah. So, uh, anything new with you? How your life's going, my man? Mine is just mine is just legit. Like I, I have a little bit of a daily schedule that I try and adhere to, and you know, I'll go out and buy groceries and stuff when I absolutely have to, and that's those, basically what I do. Those grocery pickup programs are pretty nice, though. <laughs> you just order it online. Really somebody done, gathers. I've done. I've done a couple of runs to uh, Home Depot to. Uh, to do a few yard projects. I mm. holy moly, we we made a run uh, just getting some fertilizer, and it took them, uh, it took them like forty five minutes to bring our fertilizer out to her. We parked in the spot, and I think we just kind of <laughs> got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, and um, yeah, at some point I just had to flag down some teenager. I'm like, hey, you know, like I don't I don't want to be a, a Karen here or anything. I just want to make sure that the this train's still on the rails, like. Uh, just waiting on a couple of bags of fertilizer and he got an order from me. You didn't want to be a shit stirrer because it's fertilizer. Uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> and he came out like 10 minutes later and he's like, uh, you know, in the, you know, proverbial Simpsons, like, oh, uh, I checked with him and your order hadn't been processed yet. And I pointed my phone at him and I gave drives me places. Now I pointed my phone and said, sir, the internet told me it was ready. And, <laughs> Gabe has to run interference for me, and like, oh, he he doesn't really mean that. He just acts like this. You, you're you're okay. No, no, you're okay. I'm not mad at you. He had to but, speak uh, young did, person. <laughs> he, he had to speak young person in that he had to tell a young person that my dad's a <laughs> jackass. Just let him be. But no, that's you know, I I've made a few, just a few ventures out mm. like that, and you know, wearing my mask and stuff like that. But other than mask, that little bit, I just. I just, oh, I, uh, gosh, what were we doing the other day? Oh, I, I got talked into it. I went out and helped my brother shovel rocks and I wore my mask the whole time. And, uh, <laughs> shoveling rocks with a mask on was a bit of a trial. It's too hot. I've been wearing a mask this whole time and it is like today was too hot. I kept what? wearing it, but I was like, there's a couple times I just had to take it off. Like if, if I was just driving and I wasn't near anybody because the thing is you're supposed to wear the mask when you can't social distance. So I got to the point where I'm like, now I'm like, if I'm just driving and I'm delivering, I'm just going to take the mask off so I can actually breathe. Cause I've breathed in so much mask particles that I think if I blow my nose hard enough, I could 3d print a new mask. Gross. <laughs> yeah. I, that, that's fine. So I, like driving around, you know, your hands hit a lot of things. Do you, you keep some sanitizer with you? How do you stay yeah. clean? And I have sanitizer, but I also, I'm not, I don't, I just don't touch my face is one thing. Cause oh, yeah, I am constant. I'm constantly touching things, you know, throughout the day. So yeah, I do have hand sanitizer if I need to touch my face or something like that. But yeah, yeah I'm pretty good at not touching my face, but every once in a while, just a reflex. And it's, it's infuriating just every once in a while you know it, it, my mind is not faster than my hand and like i mm. notice that like i'm touching my lip I'm like what is wrong with you <laughs> i'm pretty used to like if i if i have an itch on my face i'm using my forearm to scratch it or something like if it's something like my yeah. i got something in my eye then it's try and disinfect my hand as good as i can because even if i wore gloves the gloves just get stuff on it so I'm, plus, it's hot for the gloves. I'm just—I don't know. You just do the best got you can. Got it bad. And... Got it bad. Got it bad. <laughs> You're hot for glovies. He's hot for glovies. Yeah. 
I, I, my grocery store apparently has a very particular loop because I was at the grocery store the other day and Hot for Teacher came on for the <laughs> second time in memory because I just always feel weird when I'm at a grocery store and something with the thematic elements of Hot for Teacher comes on. <laughs> but yeah, what are you going to do? Do they have the, the people. Do they have the sexual harassing at the beginning of the song? Um, hey, teacher, no, want to touch it, my pencil? Yeah. No, that is in the middle. That is that is in the middle. Of, I guess I don't know. I, I haven't <laughs> seen the video in a long time. I don't do know in the kind of middle of the song. It's like it's doing the right. he, he goes like, oh, I think the or no, the second was I think the clock is slow, but he says something like. I don't feel it. And then he, he goes, I got my pencil. <laughs> Nothing that like sexually a harassing a teacher. <laughs> that is such a, yeah, that is such a ripping song that is so thematically bad. It is a, it's a, it is a really good tune. Like it's it was one of the final um, songs on, I can't remember which uh, guitar hero it was, but it was like, it was the final song. Oh yeah. And it was really hard to do because it just yeah I get that it's so all there's over lot, the place. There's a lot of meatly, meatly, meatlies in that yeah, song. yeah. It was really hard. I think I I finally passed it after like twenty tries. It was it was really hard to do though. Not like yeah, even even the videos gross because they're in like a I think they're like in a grade school or like a junior high, but they're <laughs> they're like like how old are Van Halen at that point? I'm I'm. I'm trying to think. I'm hoping they were like early 20s at best, but even at that, it's still a little hinky. I think David Lee Roth was always at least 35. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. I'm going to try and suss this out. I'm going to do some looking. So just, just mug for me for a little bit. Well, I can talk about uh, I, d- I did some live shows this weekend. That was yeah, a lot yeah. of fun. Got, go for you? got back on the saddle. Uh, they were lightly attended, which was kind of expected. But it was still fun to get in front of a crowd, work out some new material, try and get timing going again. Because all all three of us that were on the show, we all we were just talking afterward. Like, did you feel weird up there? Did did you feel like your timing was off? Did you feel rusty? And just kind of going back and forth. But I think overall the shows went great, and you know we we got our footing and and did our job and did a good job. And uh, I think people enjoyed the shows. It was just good to get in front of a live crowd. There wasn't a lot of people wearing masks, which surprised me, but thankfully, you know, there's social distancing going on. So everybody's spread out. It's a really big room. And there was only like, I don't know, between like 50 to 70 people per show. So it was easy to spread everybody out. So the masks weren't a huge issue. And, you know, as far as the comics, we were all wearing masks when we were off stage and we all had our own separate microphones, which were sanitized for us. So nobody touched a microphone that somebody else had touched. And I mean, it's, there's some steps here and there that have to be taken, but we took them and everything went off without a hitch. And I'm just glad to get back, get back doing it. I even, uh, I, I went to the open mics last week. I went to both of them and you know, you had to, there was, I think four microphones set up and then, they would pause and go up and sanitize all of them and reset them for, for the next four people. And it's a little time consuming, but it's better safe than sorry. I figure, you know, it certainly, yeah, I want to take the steps that we have to take to be able to keep doing the things we want to do. To me, that makes it worth it. Even though things can be annoying, you know, it's better than not doing it at all. That's what hopefully everybody has learned. So, but it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. So I also, 
I'm going to give plugs right now. I'll be up in Ogden this weekend uh, doing shows. So if you're looking for something to do, that one's all ages. You can bring your kids or whatever. Uh, I'll be up there doing shows. I, I think they're Friday and Saturday, 8 o'clock each night. So come check those out. Get some live comedy. See some real people. I'm glad you get back to what you love. Uh, so uh, Hot for Teacher was on the 1984 album, 1984. And in 1984, David Lee Roth was 30 years old. Wow. <laughs> Those guys always looked so old. Like even if you go back and look at them now, people, oh, yeah, people they, in the 80s looked old yeah. even when they were young. Because now you yeah. see like Tom Cruise is what, like almost 60 probably? <laughs> Tom Cruise is an anomaly. You cannot. Tom Cruise is definitely an anomaly. He does not fall under that. Rule. I know Tom Cruise has looked thirty years old for forty-five years. Celebrities are different now, though. I mean, look at look at the people that are like fifty-one or fifty-two now, like uh, Gwen Stefani, uh, Jennifer Lopez, Ted Cruz. Okay, that was a that was a joke right there. Uh, Gross. But they're you know people are in their fifties and they still look really good. I don't know if it's just fitness. And diet. I, wonder, I, I think there's I, I more think, to it than that. <laughs> I think they do look better, but I wonder if some of that is time dilation from us starting to approach our fifties. That could be. So, but it was rare. The, yeah, it some was, of a there, there'll be a celebrity we're talking about coming up that uh, has looked in his sixties for as long as I've ever seen him. So I want to see like Walter Matthau at twenty. What did Walter Matthau? He was probably. I'm Walter Matthau. I'm 20 years old, and I'm looking to have a good time. I think uh, having watched some stuff where he was probably in his 50s versus, say, grumpy old men, like he definitely. I think his face looks roughly the same, but he carries himself way different. (laughs) So he did have a little bit different cadence to his voice and a little spring in his step. (laughs) it's it's a spring and a step thing i honestly think his face looked roughly the same and his voice is pretty close it is definitely just a matter of he he's just stiff everything i've ever seen walter Matthau do he looks like the guy that is at the end of one of the worst days of his life and he just can't take one more disappointment and he He just just wants very tired he just wants to go take his shoes off (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm looking up pictures of young walter Matthau and some of the ones where he's like maybe in his 30s or 20s. I wonder if that's really him. <laughs> that looks like Norman Bates. I don't. I don't know if that's really Walter Matthau. <laughs> I I I'd have to send you a picture at some point. I'm gonna keep this one because it looks more like uh who. I can't think of who played Norman Bates right now, but it looks way more like him. Oh, I can't. Well, the ears are gigantic, so it might be really him. <laughs> I will say if it is really young Walter Matthau, he looks he looks a lot like that guy whose name I'm spacing on, but like I can't remember a lot of the either. ones, a lot of the ones that I'm looking at, that's more of a, also the hairstyle I think is off. I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking at one that might be him, but also just looks like somebody took the smoothing tool from like Photoshop and just smoothed over all the wrinkles. <laughs> I don't know. Walter Matthau's a treasure. Yeah. Yeah. He was anyway, a great actor. I mean, we're talking about him now. He's been dead for what? 15 years. Probably. We're still talking I, about him. <laughs> Time and space genuinely are mystery to me. So things that I think, you know, things that I think, hey, we, we, I think we've talked about it. Everything since the year 2000 is just all one big, you know, gobbledygook of a year. It really does. Like for some reason, there's that, there's that point in time where 
2000 seems like it was a couple years ago until you actually yeah. go back and watch something like I, uh, my son and I, Brady, we were just watching um, a little bit of we we started uh, the Phantom Menace with the because he downloaded the riff tracks riff of it. So you yeah. play it on your phone basically while you're watching it. And hmm. just I mean, I watched it like a year ago, I think. And watching it just for like a half an hour a little bit ago, it just doesn't look that good. Like even the the special effects look super dated on it. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was ninety nine. All of the special effects that George George Lucas implemented, be it the special editions or the prequels, it was all just the these special effects. Like he was he was basically using the like cutting edge technology where it's. Uh, I'm trying to think of. It's like when you buy a new console, like mm-hmm. a brand, you buy the console as it comes out, and the five games that are brand new are like, you can tell, like, this wasn't ready yet. We didn't really, the people who were developing didn't know this hardware, so they just did the best that they could, and they're fine, but they're not, they're definitely not going to age well. And I think that's what <laughs> George Lucas was doing, where he was like, I only want to use technology that's brand new and nobody really knows how to use yet. I will say the best joke so far, like 35 minutes into it, is uh, when Darth Maul appears for the first time over the shoulder of uh, Darth Sidious. Yeah. It's like a projection or whatever. And they go, Darth Juggalo. (laughs) (laughs) That one made me LOL laugh out loud. LOL. Yeah, I was... I was uh, looking for something to watch last night and just going through Amazon, what's on Amazon movies. And uh, are you familiar with The Way of the Gun? Uh, I don't think I saw it, with, but uh, I kind of remember it. Benicio Del Toro and uh, Ryan Phillippe. Oh, really? It's a, it is a very like, it, it, it's a, it's like a Tarantino-like kind of movie. Uh, okay. Uh, I kind of like it. I haven't watched it forever. It's kind of famous for... Um, Oh, what's her name? Comedian. She has a very vulgar tirade, like almost Dennis Leary-esque tirade at the start of it. Hmm. But uh, at any rate, I I saw that and I'm like, oh, I wonder how that's aged. And then I looked, it was like, this movie came out in 2000. This is a 20-year-old movie and it <laughs> it, it freaked me out a little bit. Yeah, time is starting to, to blow my mind a little bit. I, I hear time keeps on slipping, slipping. Into the future. But, regardless uh and some people hey, call me maurice i know it's a different song yeah. same artist <laughs> anything else been going on with you or you want to move on to what we've been what we've been kind of consuming yeah let's days? let's get into some consumption i'm ready to oh. consume something hit me up let me tell me tell me what you've been up to my brother all right uh did you watch the new clone wars the the last I did. episode I, I closed it out because we recorded on we recorded on May the fourth last week, yeah, and that's when the new the very last episode of Clone Wars came out, and we hadn't watched it yet. Yeah, um, my take being someone who hasn't watched the whole series of it was a really cool, really action packed episode that up until the last like two minutes didn't really feel like it was closing something out to me. You're not wrong because there was action right up to the very end. <laughs> like uh, Ahsoka chasing Darth Maul around didn't feel it, it didn't feel like we were trying to bring closure to something. It really just felt like a, a very uh, elongated action sequence. Which also, uh, from what I understood from watching the previous episodes, 
she let did she let him go to basically just cause chaos so that she could get out of there? Yes. And yeah, that was, was basically to, it. It was a race to get out of there before he did. Mm-hmm. And was, he kind of mucked yeah, everything up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know if it felt like they should have been working together. At least you should have give her kind of a hey, you can at least sit on my wing or something. Or <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was. I funny. don't know if. It was, I don't know if Ahsoka meant to kind of let him go as long as he'd work with her. If she was like, I'm going to let you go, but I'm going to, I'm going to put the cuffs on you before we leave. I, well, I uh, think again, I th- having not really watched much more of it, especially the stuff that I had watched was before they had really buckled down to have kind of a, uh, uh, an arc to the show. She was kind of going so. through a, a crisis of conscience there because she had, uh, left the Jedi order and she was still like, against the Sith and things like that. She's she's a good person, but at the same time, when Order 66 is coming out, the Republic that she fought for her entire life uh, has now turned on her, and it's kind of like, yeah, just if he goes, he goes, whatever, as long as... I mean, she wanted to save Rex because she cares for Rex because... You know, she's, he's like a big brother to her almost. Well, she seemed she seemed pretty connected to all the clone troopers, as far as I could. I mean, yeah, she Rex was, was legit the only one into, that wasn't trying to kill her, but she was really trying hard not to not to hurt anybody. I did think that was funny, where she's like, "I don't want to hurt any of them," and then uh, they start dropping the platforms, and they all drop like forty feet. I was like, "She just killed them all," and then yeah. of course they they show them sitting up, but at the same time, I was like, "They're all dead." I want another. <laughs> Another moment of uh, we talked previously about how they so kind of brutally slaughtered these uh, these um, droid this droid army ones and, it, and it's supposed to be for laughs when they clearly all are like sentient and have personalities and stuff like that. But then they the uh, astromech droids get gunned down and it's supposed to be a real solemn moment. Well. Part of the reason is there was an episode arc. It's actually considered one of the worst episode arcs in the entire uh, Clone Wars saga where it's, I think it's like four episodes long. There's this little tiny frog man that's their general. And then there's R2-D2 and like six other droids and they get lost and they have to find their way back to to the Republic. So a lot of those droids were from that. So it was kind of like they brought those droids back. So you kind of knew them. So when they died, it was a little bit more sad because you're like, oh, well, those episodes suck, but I care about the droids. So there was a little it's bit just, of backstory to the droids. It's just like I said, it was one of, uh, one of those things that, that struck me weird. Just what we were talking about last week is that they have those um, – they set up the, the droid army to be kind of uh, – Disposable. You know, disposable and just for comedic effect but they when you when you kind of buckle down they they kill them pretty brutally and kind of carelessly <laughs> it, that's one of those things that really kind of weirds me a little bit i don't know it's a it, it's a device because they you know they want cool fights but they don't want there to be living creatures I, dying constantly <laughs> yeah it's weird it's really kind of weird like I they're almost, basically doing the thing it's it's the way that you can, you know, you can still say within PG or PG thirteen ratings when you can you can do all the violent stuff, but as long as there's no actual bloodshed, like if there's just a hole in their shirt with kind of a maybe just a little bit of burn around it, you can still get the rating as opposed right. to you could do the same thing, but if bloodshed, it's a higher rating. Well, I remember watching the original movies, and when they would talk about the Clone Wars, you assume that the Jedi fought clones, right? Yeah. 
So then you actually get to the movies, and I think that's when they realized, oh, we can't just have the Jedi slicing clones up. We're going to have to switch it up. Uh, the clones are on the Jedi's side. The Jedi are going to slice up droids. <laughs> yeah, that was something I, I... I, And you can tell me this. When they reference the Clone Wars, when I see the stuff that they, they do... I've always I've always kind of looked at it and said like I don't know that the clones were really the most important thing going on that but you know maybe again having not watched it maybe that doesn't filter through as much the the order 66 does kind of make it uh, a big plot point so I'm and they they was explain order, in there they they was find order 66 something that was kind of known by more people outside of like did the did the clones even really know that order 66 I guess I don't know. There's an ep- there's a episode arc, uh, a, you know, a little bit earlier on where a clone his they have an in- inhibitor switch or something in their brain that yeah. uh, it's designed to block out Order sixty six until it's time to uh, make it happen, and then it, I don't know if it dissolves or flips or whatever, and then they kill the Jedi. Well, there was one his switch just kind of was faulty. And he tried to kill the Jedi and, you know, they, they track him down and, you know, they do some tests on him and the Jedi find out what's going on and they think he's just defective or that it was accidentally put in there or put in by like a bad person or what they don't realize that all of the, uh, the clones have it. So that's why they knew, or Ahsoka knew to take that out of Rex. So she kind of, huh. she figured out like, Oh, that's what was going on with that. Uh, clones. So I know that, they've they've had Rex and some clones and stuff in Rebels. That's, right. Rebels takes place between the end of Clone Wars and the original trilogy, right? It's pretty. It's closer to uh, A New Hope than it is to Revenge of the Sith. So it's it's a little be, bit later. I'd be a little curious because you know Rex is in that, and I think a few other clone troopers are in that, right? Yeah, I think there's uh, three or four. I think. Yeah, I'd be curious to know how much the clone troopers really know about what they did. Um, they know what or they know what happened. If any of yeah. them question it, or yeah, yeah, they, I, those those clones were pretty much chosen by Rex. They, you know, that's kind of why they went off on their own because they didn't want to be around the Republic anymore. So, but I think oh. most of them just kept working for the Republic until they got too old to be helpful. <laughs> They do they age faster or am I? You know what? Something else. I've always wondered that because it it shows them going from like little little tiny boba in episode two to adult with a tiny boba. Yeah, I think they grow fast to a point and then they normalize their growth. I don't know. They're <laughs> we're we're over analyzing. We I think we're putting more thought into it than George Lucas did. Oh, that, <laughs> most definitely. Like uh, these like clone. Clone Wars, Rebels, those were two things that that came about basically of like, okay, <laughs> we've we've got point A and point B, and between those two, we need to make all these things George Lucas decided to do make sense. Right. I think that's why the the final episode ended the way it did so abrupt is because Ahsoka's story has already gone on into Rebels, and we know it's going to go on into Mandalorian. So yeah, it was that, just kind of tie was, everything up. That was one of the things that still uh, up to the very end made it difficult for me to really get too much into Clone Wars is, you know, everyone, you know, all these people that you're 
all these characters that you are really caring about, you kind of know what's going on with their story in another place. So how much can you really bring a finality to this when just about every single character has a, uh, you know, has a place that they need to be and already has a, already has a, a later story arc that they go through. Yeah. 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 Like, um, you know, I've been watching better call Saul and, that's a similar thing of at least, right. you know, you know where the Saul character and you know where the Gus character, there are a few characters where you know where they're going to end up for mm-hmm. Breaking Bad, but there's a handful of three or four characters that they've done a real good job of fleshing out that they're not in Breaking Bad. So where, you know, where did they go? Did they right. die? Did they, you know, distance themselves from these people? Did they just, you know, did it just fade away? What happened? And they've, they've done a real good job making you care about like, Oh, what, you know, are there, you know, there's stakes on these people. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think it's good to go back, like just for you who haven't really followed the series, just to get a little backstory on Ahsoka. Cause it looks like she's going to have a pretty big part of the Mandalorian series, seeing as how they've got, um, Rosario Dawson playing her. And yeah, you, know, you don't get Rosario Dawson to do that and say, well, it's, she's going to show up for one episode. Right. And that was my dream casting too. I've never had a dream casting actually come true. So oh, that I'm works. pretty happy about that. I, th- I thought she that would works. be perfect for it. I think she's going to be perfect for it. So what else have you, what else have you checked out? Uh, let's see. Where do I want to go on here? I, I watched a bunch of stuff. Uh, you know, why don't we start with, uh, we didn't get to it last weekend. I watched a movie uh, from, I think it was 1985, maybe 84 called Tampopo. <laughs> Uh, you touched um, on it slightly, yeah. Yeah, I, I I think it was after the show. I started telling you some about what it was about. Oh, and, it was after uh, the show? Okay. Yeah, I gained uh, access to the Criterion channel. And um, yeah, it's from 1985. And uh, a couple of friends of mine from another website that I'm, uh, I'm a uh, forum that I'm on decided they wanted to do kind of a movie club. And that was the first movie they were like, hey, we should watch Tampopo. I'm like, oh, I've. I don't really know that. And I'm kind of honestly surprised that I had never heard of this movie before. I mean, I think I've heard the name, but I just didn't really know anything about it. And one of the first things that comes up in the description is that it's, uh, it's referred to as a ramen Western. I like the term. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, is this like a, like a Japanese Western? I thought like, Oh, it's a, you know, Paschetti Western or what have you. And like, no, this is a kind of, this is a sort of Western themed movie that is legitimately about making ramen. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah. So from the first moment, it, it's a uh, come to find out it's, it's kind of a main theme of this woman, Tampopo who runs a ramen shop. Uh, Tampopo meaning uh, dandelion. Uh, Tampopo. Yeah, and uh, she's ru- she's running kind of a struggling ramen shop, and uh, well, actually, let me rewind. It, it starts with uh, these two truckers, played by uh, I can't remember who, but a very young, also a very young Ken Watanabe, and they're reading a book about uh, about a ramen master telling a young guy about how to properly eat ramen, which was hilarious. Of like you know, massaging the noodles and, <laughs> and, uh, talking to the, to the pork and, you know, and stuff like that. And like telling him you were, tell the, like telling the pork that you respect it before you eat it. And, 
And so it's like hero dreams of sushi. Yeah. Immediately. I'm just super on board. So these guys go to this ramen shop where this woman's being, uh, uh, menaced by a couple of street toughs trying to get her to give up her ramen shop. And these two guys, (laughs) these two guys step in, these two guys step in and they get into a little bit of a bar brawl. And, uh, once they wake up after, you know, losing the bar brawl, they decide they're going to help her learn how to make the best ramen. And it's, so it's this, it's not a really high stakes movie of her learning how to make great ramen. And it's interspersed with like some little kind of comedy vignette skits (laughs) and just, just charming as all get out. Oh my God. I, I enjoyed this movie so much. The only, the only sort of thing I would warn uh, up front is there's, there is some horniness to it that uh, is food related. And uh, at some points uh, kind of disturbing uh, there is a there is a scene uh, featuring an egg yolk that I felt like I it, the, this is from 1985, but I still felt like the two people that were in the scene. I'm like, I should step out of the room while they do this. <laughs> this is too this is too personal. I should step out of the room for these people who may not even be alive anymore at this point. You mentioned uh, uh, passing the the egg yolk back and forth between the two. That's what I don't I don't want to I don't want to spoil that. If anybody watches Tampopo, I want to. I don't I think that's a spoiler. Say, I think that's an advertisement. <laughs> it, it's just I, I, I these scenes that get kind of horny and they're food related are like. Uh, like it's there's um so uh, actually the very first thing in the movie is there is this uh there's gangster guy who wears all white and he has this woman with him and the first thing he starts off with is uh they're at a cinema and he's kind of talking a little bit about food etiquette in the cinema and then one of the things he says is uh they say that the greatest movie ever is that when people die in the moments before they actually pass away their whole life plays before them as a movie and he, he can't wait until that moment. And then, then periodically through the rest of the movie, they have little vignettes with uh, him and his woman who do some really horny stuff with food. (laughs) And like, I just, I, I want to tell, I just want to say if you, if you have the fortitude to deal with some, some, you know, kind of adult themes, especially food related, I, I genuinely don't want to spoil them because they are so unexpected I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to recommend, like I said, that, that egg yolk thing, I just don't want to spoil it. I know how kind of buck it is, but on the offhand chance that anyone in our audience is going to watch it, I just, I want it to be as much of a surprise as it was for me. Just basically get out there and watch Tampopo. Uh, it has, for me, it had, um, it's Tampoporn. Tampoporn. Yes. <laughs> for me, it, it has like kind of a, uh, like tone, like a, like a Shaolin soccer or Kung Fu hustle tonally. It's just like really silly, but effectively silly. <laughs> nice. Can't recommend it enough. Can't re- uh, unless, wow. That's a unless, big like I said, unless, like I said, you, you just, you're not the kind of person who really likes adult theme, those kind of adult sexually type themes in your movie. Like, you know, hey, if you're that kind of person, that's that's your bag. I'm not going to I'm not really going to look down. I, honestly, that's that's one of my things. Hey, if you don't want to see things like that, you know what? That's your that's your bag. That's fine. Just don't watch it. If you're not into not it, a, Tampo, pull out. Yeah, I, I've I've said on many occasions, I don't agree with, you know, editing movies 
that's it's just you know if if there's something objectionable in it it's just not for you and just accept it that way there's still plenty out there that is for you you know who loves editing movies george uh, lucas god george lucas <laughs> disney uh cats cats is a bad one just because it's like we didn't we didn't finish the movie like george lucas is a matter of like uh oh gotta cover up the parts where i felt like like george lucas george lucas is a guy who Everyone has that problem where three in the morning you're trying to sleep, but all of a sudden your mind is like, "Hey, remember that time in high school where, you know, the girl that the the girl that was your biggest crush saw you like sneezing a butt and like a big rope of snot came out of your nose? She probably <laughs> remember. Like, obviously she never thinks about that, but like you can't help but think she's thinking about that right now. George Lucas is that but guy, but he can go and cover it up with bad special effects. That's true. I don't know what I would go back and change with special effects. <laughs> There's got to be something if I sat down and thought about it. Oh yeah, dude, it, it's uh, I am I am bad that way. I'm not super ashamed with a lot of like dumb stuff I did though. I just turn it into jokes. <laughs> oh no, man! Like uh, I have a joke about peeing my pants. Is what, what? What are you gonna do? You might as well have fun with it, right? <laughs> yeah, I no, man. I that is one of those things. Like I have to bite my knuckle. Sometimes I'll just be hanging out and something from my past will come like something that no way on God's green earth someone is ever thinks about, but it, it hits me and I like, I have to bite my knuckles. Like, ah, like, no, 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 we're not going to think about that. I think I only gr- regret times where I was cruel to somebody. Actually, if it was me just being dumb and not knowing any better, whatever, maybe, maybe they oh, yeah. laugh about it. <laughs> oh yeah. That, that hit, that hits me. So, um, let's see what else is on my list. So, uh, a friend of mine had been recommending this and I've heard good things about it before. And I watched a couple of episodes of the expanse. I have not the expanse wa- I, at all. I, it's on Netflix, right? It is on, uh, Amazon prime. Okay. It I've never been on watched Netflix it. At one point, Amazon prime. This yep. was something that was funny because I knew I'd I had, seen the picture somewhere. I had watched some of it previously. And the way I got in on it is Amazon prime. Uh, this went like, four seasons and kind of floundered and then Amazon prime picked it up and started making it also Hmm. based on a a book series. And, um, so they, uh, I started watching an episode and I was like kind of drawn in like, wow, this is great. Like I was kind of like, wow, they, this is bold. They're, they're definitely coming in the middle of these things. I can't wait to learn about these characters realizing, Oh, I'm watching the the opening episode of season five. (laughs) Oh, really? <laughs> so I I went back and um, uh, started watching it again. And it's a little on the soap opera side, but like really, really cool. You know, the premise being is like um, the, the galaxy, the galaxy in a lot of ways is colonized. Uh, Earth is Earth. Um, kind of seemingly kind of for rich people. Um, Mars is like uh, a war. There's, they're like a military planet and earth and earth and Mars are always kind of always at each other. And then you have what's known as the belters who are out in asteroid belts and they basically farm like ice for water and minerals to make stuff. Hmm. And they are definitely the poor working class. They're always kind of shit on by these two factions who are just dealing with their own stuff. And so cool premise um, execution wise, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not drawn in by it yet, but it is season one. 
the thing that I'm re- I was really drawn in by is immediately the first thing I noticed very early on is someone's walking through, I think it's the belt, and there is a poster for the Book of Mormon musical. <laughs> nice. Do they actually have and, a Book of Mormon too? Maybe they're. Oh, there are space Mormons in this. Oh, there are. So it's Battlestar Galactica. Um. Have you so, wa- have you ever watched the old Battlestar Galacticas? The old one I haven't re- uh, the old one I haven't watched since like I was a kid. It's very LDS. <laughs> Which I yeah. when I was a kid I thought it was really cool. I was like, "Oh, oh I think okay. this one is I think this one is not that far off cuz uh some of the the premises you have uh the LDS church is building a giant spaceship to take to another uh, galax- or, yeah, another galaxy to start colonizing. So it's X ninety six is old Mormons in space thing. Remember when the, they used to do that? <laughs> the the reason being, um, the reason being is that they disagree with. Uh, uh, they disagree with in in this future there are restrictions on uh, on how many kids you can have, and the Mormons are like, no, we're going to go <laughs> where we can have as many kids as we want. I mean, wait. There's a there's a joke in there about we get our own planets, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, there's that. I from what I I, I read some articles because I wanted to know kind of where this comes from. You know, it's it's from the books, but also it seems like they're not a very big part of the series. There's something that that comes up periodically here and hmm. there, but they're not they're not like super well fleshed out. Um, they do. But also in so this is in that that was the thing that struck me the first of all is seeing that Book of Mormon musical poster. I was like, (laughs) this is way in the future. How do we still have the Book of Mormon? Like not even not even updated poster, just the basic Book of Mormon musical poster. I'm like, when does this when does this take place? And it's in the year like 2350. So in a way, Eric Cartman is canon. (laughs) Yeah. So like 30 years in the future. Um, 30 or 300 years in the future, the hottest thing is still the Book of Mormon musical. And, and, and having seen the Book of Mormon musical that, you know, uh, is, is a little bit of a mixed bag for me. Like, uh, I'm not, I'm not super big into, um, you know, Trey Parker's the way he does humor, but it does win. It did win me over at the end, like really good music. And the humor did win me over by the end of it. The one thing um, I love about South Park and those guys is they will make fun of everybody. They don't just take one side and just pound, pound, pound. They'll make fun of everything from every different angle, which I think is good comedy. That's just my opinion, though. <laughs> I, li- I like comedy that looks at things from five different angles and just jabs at it from every angle and not just one-sided, you know, I'm preaching to the choir type humor. That gets old yeah. pretty quick to me. It's not well yeah, written, in my some, opinion. I got some feelings on that, but uh, no, no reason we need to go into it. I, I got some feelings of that when you do humor like that, you can kind of start being permissive to some pretty shitty people. But, but whatever. By making that's fun that's of everybody. Personal. When you make fun of everybody, uh, the people who are the worst, like you, the worst people have to be shamed, Travis. They just have to be. I know, but who do, who gets to decide who's the worst? If you're when you're doing comedy, you should. I, I I always hear punch up, don't punch down, but it depends on where you're at in life. What's up? Just punch all around. That's what I say. Just punch everywhere if you're making oh, jokes. No. Oh no, Trav! I 
I get to decide who is the worst, and I'm perfectly happy to have to sit in that chair. I like I like shotgun comedy where it's like I like I like different perspectives. That's just me. I mean, that's how I write jokes. I don't like to just make fun of one thing over and over. I like to to go back and forth with things. That's why I like uh, Chappelle and Bill Burr because I think they really just take take a subject and just hold it in their hand and like turn it and look all around it and see where there's jokes to be made. I think that's the best humor. Yeah. You say so, my dude. Uh, so yeah, the, the expanse, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep rolling with it. It's, it's, uh, it, it's at least kind of interesting. The premise is kind of interesting. So I saw something with the interesting premise last night, actually. Uh-oh. I just remembered as I, as I was falling asleep, my wife started a new show. It's called Zoe's Infinite Playlist. I think it's new this year. It's on uh, Hulu right now. I believe it's an NBC show. It's got Jane Levy in it. You've seen her in, in a few things here and there. She's redheaded. She's really a really good actor. But the premise is uh, her dad is... I don't think it actually said what disease he has. Um, it's uh, Peter Gallagher. You know that actor? Yeah. From uh, yeah. Was it While You Were Sleeping? Well, in this, he's he's got a degenerative disease, so his mind's kind of going away, and he's kind of vegetative almost. He can sit up, and they can feed him, like, soup and stuff like that, but he can't really chew. He can just kind of swallow. Anyway, so she's worried. She's been having headaches and stuff, and she's paranoid that she's going to come down with the same thing. So she goes to get uh, a an MRI done, and while she's in the MRI machine, they're playing, like, a playlist just because – it's supposed to calm you down when you're in an MRI machine to hear some music and an earthquake happens cause they're in San Francisco and everything starts going crazy. And while she's in there, it, something happens in her brain where now people just break into song and start telling her their true feelings through song. So it's kind of like a musical, almost like, uh, my, what was that? Just kind of what La La Land was. Mm, no, well, a little bit to it, but she's the only one that can see it. Nobody else knows that it's happening. It's just happening in her head. So sometimes oh. people will basically sing a song about how they're going to backstab her, or sometimes it's just this deep pain that they're having, and it's a really heartfelt song. And at one point, uh, there's a really touching moment with her dad, and there's funny moments in it, and then there's actually some heartfelt stuff. It's a, It's a kind of a dramedy but i mean one episode in i thought it was a pretty cool premise so i don't know if you like that kind of stuff if you like musical stuff uh check that out another thing i watched last night uh the wwe money in the bank pay-per-view the pay-per-view itself it's it's okay uh there's some good matches in there they're still wrestling in front of no crowds which is okay, still I was weird curious if they're still doing that yeah yeah they're it, is this one better so you say they, they keep doing it. Have they been doing that for multiple weeks now? Like uh, every, sh- uh, they do three shows a week and every, oh wow. <laughs> everyone is a, a empty arena show. Um, have they been getting better at it? Have yeah. they kind of figured out a flow to it or is it just, is it kind of similar to how stand up comedy been for you that like without the crowds, you just kind of can never really, it's not the same. Nail it down. There's not as much energy, but they're doing the best they can. They're, they're trying to entertain people. There was one point where there's this uh, wrestler. He's 
His name's R-Truth. He's a, he's like a, a rapper guy and he's kind of goofy and he does silly things all the time. Like he's in his own little world basically. And he raps this song when he comes out and it's, he kept rapping the song as if the crowd was, was sold out and also rapping along with him. So he kept putting the microphone out to the crowd oh, and re- reacting as if they were reacting. <laughs> so that that's was, funny. that was pretty funny. That they yeah. That's did kind that. of what I'm talking about of like, have they, have they been trying to lean into it, which is yeah. Good. Well, the main thing they did last night is they have a a match called the Money in the Bank match. That's the the big match of that pay per view, where uh, they have six contestants. Uh, they have a male match and a female match, and basically to win the match, you climb up a ladder, and there's a briefcase hanging from the ceiling, and if you get the briefcase, you can cash that in, and you get you get basically a title shot at any time. Like if if the person with the title just got beat up by somebody else, you can cash that in and have a match right there and you can take their, their title really easily. But for this one where there's no crowd, they decided to do both matches at the same time and they did it at WWE headquarters. <laughs> so this was all pre-taped. They started in the lobby. Uh, well, the men start. Oh, okay. The men started in the weight room, and the women started in the lobby, and they kind of fight throughout the building. The women fight the women, the men fight the men. There was one point where where they meet each other in. It was like a, a big. I, okay. There's a big conference room, and they end up having a food fight, which was funny. But there's all these little gags in it. They were. It was very tongue in cheek. It was silly. There was, you know, people using pies and props and all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, at the end, you know, it, it was probably like, I don't know, a half an hour long. And then they make their way to the roof, which is where they actually had a ring set up and a bunch of ladders so they can climb and get get the briefcases. And there was one point where you could see before the match started, they kind of showed the roof. And you could see where they had like a, a basically a false edge to a roof and a crash pad. And there's one point uh, a guy throws two people over essentially the side of the building is what it kind of looks like so we're having fun with it going he just killed two people he just murdered two people (laughs) and obviously they fell onto a crash pad but it was kind of silly to see that happen as if he threw them over the building because it's like i don't know 15 stories high (laughs) that's funny but it was it was very tongue-in-cheek and fun and it was silly there's not good wrestling in it to be honest (laughs) But that's not what it was all about. It was uh, you, you, there was a Doink the Clown sighting, a brother love oh. popped in there, just all Bruce sorts Pritchard. of silly stuff. Yeah, Bruce Pritchard was there. How's he looking these days? He uh, he's he's he he's a big guy. His face red, but <laughs> yeah, he yeah. did paint it red. <laughs> it was funny because he kind he was in the bathroom and he comes out of the toilet and Ray Mysterio standing there and there's Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> it, I've, what I thought was funny about that is it's the men's room because there's urinals in there, but uh, next to the mirror, they have a built-in hair dryer <laughs> into the wall. Yeah. <laughs> who, who has a hair dryer in a men's room at an office building? I mean, they, I was going to say they got some guys with some luscious locks in the uh, WWE, <laughs> but usually don't they, they go for the wet look? Yeah, most of the time. And also... Or am I only thinking of like uh, pre-shaved head Triple H? He he did a, a lot of them do it, but it's their office building. It's not like it's an arena where they're gonna, you know, feather their hair or anything like that. It was just a lot of fun, and it was silly, and we laughed the whole time. They were using, it, you know, in the weight room, they're using equipment as is, is uh, weapons and just 
it's it's fun throwing chairs at each other it was fun i enjoyed it a lot so how fun for him. if you're into wrestling check that out uh did you want to get into a little bit of news before we wrap things up here because i do have some wrestling news well if you, news. you you know what why don't you why don't you take care of that i got I got a couple more things that I watch, but I got oh, okay. one big one. I got one big one that I want to get into. But if you want to, if you want to cut anything, uh, let's hit the your, big one real quick, and then wrestlers. then we'll pop back into wrestling. So uh, I decided to treat myself, and by treat myself, uh, apparently I hate myself, and I watched Last Blood. Is that the newest Rambo? That is the newest Rambo. I've been I, I put it on my uh, my queue on uh, Amazon, but I haven't gotten to it yet. But I am going to watch it. It is an hour and a half long, so you can you can take an hour and a half out of your schedule and probably be disappointed. I it guess doesn't it look high quality. It looks budget. Oh, it is awful. Yeah, that's it what is I was afraid awful. Of. I, I feel like uh, I feel like at some point, like Sylvester Stallone called up his agent and said, eh, "What if I did a Taken?" Uh, oh, it's 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 a Taken storyline. Uh, how, huh? how, how about I do a Taken? Let's call it Taken. Uh, how about uh, how about everything that Trump says about Mexico happens in an hour and a half? <laughs> it is. Oh, it is literally like so. It, it, it's like you said, like things that you think about, because really for me, uh, Rambo exists in First Blood and the movie John Rambo. The stuff that happens in the middle was, you know, f- what is that? Like uh, three movies? I used to be like two, three, four. Yeah, like three movies of we were kind of doing 80s action stuff and we kind of got away from because I assume you've seen First Blood, right? Uh, not since I was really young. I haven't seen any oh, of the Rambo like, movies since I was First like Blood, five. First Blood is a really cool movie about like PTSD and about kind of more specifically about uh, Vietnam vets who they went through hell for this kind of bad war and came home and were basically rejected and not taken care of. And just like mm-hmm. one soldier who just basically became a drifter and drifted into a small town where the police you know, treated him. It, it's like a small town in the way of like, Hey, a drifters in town, kick him the hell out. We don't, <laughs> we don't put up with drifters in here. And he wasn't, he's not doing anything. They just kick him out. Cause he looks like a bum and just, they push him to a point where he just goes berserk and wages war on this town. It's, it's a really cool movie. That so has first really... blood is waging war on a town. Yeah. I always oh, yeah. thought it was actually taking place in Vietnam. No, no, dude. Oh, it wow. Is, it is. He goes into Maybe town I haven't and a seen that chief, one. A police chief played by Brian Dennehy just kind of has a has it out for like, this guy's a bum. We ain't putting up with him in my town. <laughs> and they, they they basically, it's like they pick him up, say, uh, hey, and kind of, they pick him up like, hey, can we give you a ride out of town? And, you know, and he's kind of being, you know, distanced from everything. And like, as they're driving around, they're like, hey, you know, we don't, we don't put up with your kind of people in our town. You get what we mean, right? <laughs> And they drop him off, and as they're walking, as they're driving away, he looks in his rearview mirror and sees Rambo's turned around, walking back into town. So they arrest him and just keep harassing him. And he eventually, like through their harassment, you know, his PTSD is triggered, and just he just goes nuts and wages war on these cops who, wow. and they have to call in Colonel Trapman to try and calm him down. It's a, it is a really good movie, which is which is why the following three movies that are just kind of 
eighties action movies don't, it's not the, and he's got the big dumb, you know, uh, Pantene pro V hair <laughs> in the following sequels. And then John Rambo, I don't remember John. I, I remember really liking John Rambo and it feeling closer thematically to the first movie. Now, Last Blood, on the other hand, picks up with John Rambo. He teaches horses how to dance now <laughs> and likes digging. So if you've seen the previews, there are a bunch of tunnels in it that I thought, surely this has to deal with, like, uh, you know, smuggling people over the border. Like, no, John Rambo just likes to build tunnels. Oh, so it's he not like he's ranch. trying to protect people that are being exploited by coyotes and things like that. No, he literally, that's what I got from the trailer the tunnels. No, I thought from the he, trailer, he was trying to like protect people. He lives on this ranch with an old woman. So I, I will also, I will, I will admit I was not paying 100% uh, attention to the movie. <laughs> I know he lives on a ranch with this elderly woman and a young woman who calls him uncle John. Well, I mean, he's like I 77. So how elderly is yeah, she? <laughs> he's 73. He's 73. And that plays into it is, I don't know how you are, Trav. There's a point in the movie where, I, look, I'm just going to spoil this whole movie. So the young lady comes up to him early in it. Like, <laughs> they, they know each other. And she's like, oh, I'm having a party. And he's like, hey, you want to you wanna show your friends the tunnels? She's like, oh, you don't let anybody into the tunnels. Uh, you know, maybe you can go into the tunnels with your friends. And so I'm thinking, <laughs> they like, go play while in they're in the, the tunnels. tunnels. <laughs> yeah. And she's like in her 20, like she's like 18, I think. Do they call him Grampy Rambo? No, she calls him Uncle John. Grampy Rambo's and funnier. They should have gone with Grampy right. Rambo. Not going to deny, not going to deny. But so, you know, then I'm thinking it's going to transition to, oh, these these young, these young uh, teenage assholes are like going to run afoul of John Rambo. Like, no, they just basically hang out in the tunnels and go home. And then the next day she approaches and says, uh, Uncle John, I, I want to go to Mexico. He's like, you, you can't go to Mexico. And she's like, uh, I found out where my dad is. And I want to go see my dad and find out why he lives. Like, uh, you, your dad's trash. You don't want to go meet him. <laughs> and so the next day she just often goes to Mexico and proceeds to everything that tr like everything Donald Trump says Mexico is like happens to her. Like almost immediately upon getting to Mexico, she meets up with. She hits the bucket list. <laughs> she she meets up with a friend of hers who, who was the one who said she knows where her dad is. Who you can tell it. She's like, yeah, you know, I've I know I've changed, and you and like everything that you would think of stereotypically what like your your friend with a MAGA hat would say that, you know, people are like in Mexico. She's become all those things of like gold chains and talking slang and. Like, don't talk to me, stupid kind of things. Like, it's that character. She's Rosie Perez. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, bad, like, like in living color, bad stereotype kind of thing. And so she goes to meet her dad. And that, that's the other thing is, so this movie is an hour and a half, and it feels like nothing really, they don't really flesh out anything enough. She goes to meet her dad, and it's like, for a moment, it feels like, he sees her and he's kind of like, oh, my daughter. And she's like, I just want to know why you left me. And he kind of hardens up and tells her, because I didn't want you. I didn't want you. Your mom left me with you. Your mom died of cancer because, you know, of course she did. And so is Rambo raising her? They don't. I, 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 why I think are, why are we implied? supposed to care about her in the first place? 
That's what I'm saying is none of it really, they don't really take enough time because I don't think they really give you a good idea of how Rambo even landed there and why he's been there so long. Because they got dancing horses. Yeah. The prancing pony. Maybe he he read the Lord of the Rings and he's like, I like prancing ponies. Uh, you know, like Ra- Rambo wearing a bunch of like cowboy, like, uh, you know, I look like a, I got a bunch of stuff from the cowboy store, you know, <laughs> it, it just doesn't feel like who Rambo would have ended up becoming. But so like in one night, so she goes to visit her friend, the things go bad with her dad and her friend's like, oh, we should go out to the bar. They go to the bar. She immediately gets roofied because her friend gave her up and gets taken to a um, doesn't sound like you know, a like very a, good friend like a prostitution ring and they immediately get her addicted to heroin. (laughs) This happens in like the three days that she's missing. So John goes to Mexico. um, And this is where the movie starts getting cartoonishly brutal. Like he, he like stabs a guy in the neck and pulls out his collarbone and starts torturing him with it (laughs) to get him to tell her where she, where she uh, went. Beat you to death with your, So he goes to confront he goes to confront these, you know, these stereotypical, like what Trump thinks happens in Mexico mob bosses and just gets the shit kicked out of him <laughs> and gets like left for dead and then taken in by, okay, it, you see there's a woman who's obviously following these gangsters around. Let, let's see if you can understand. Let's, let's see, Trav, if you can catch what's the trope. So it's a woman who's following around these gangsters and trying to be sneaky about it. Who is she? What is she? I don't know. Honestly, don't know. <laughs> Trav, she's a journalist. Oh, uh, okay. Which also that character. Now that I'm even thinking about the way that movie goes, that character is only there for that. She has no backstory. She has no front story. She has that moment. She's a journalist. who has been following the story. She should have been a podcaster. So, um, I don't think Stallone so two, has heard of podcasts, though. The two uh, the two mob bosses are brothers. Uh, they cut they cut his face. They mark him and they mark the girl. Uh, Stallone completely like when they kick the shit out of him, he's all like, you know, it actually has that convincing look. Like a lot of people, they get beat up and they all they've got is like a cut on their eye when they're done with it. He's got the whole like his face is all like puffed out and stuff like that. <laughs> I think he recovers from that. And he went full Rocky. All he got left is the. Yeah, yeah, full Rocky. <laughs> I think he recovers from that in a couple of days. Maybe maybe I just didn't understand how time was working. Maybe it was a few weeks. But anyway, once he gets done with that, he immediately goes out, kills one of the brothers, and gets the girl. And on the way home, she dies. The girl that then he goes to becomes, save dies? Dies. <laughs> All right. Uh, he, he comes back, and this is where it becomes Home Alone. <laughs> and where's it going to become Home Alone, Trav? In the tunnels. In the tunnels. So the mob bosses come for him. How they know? Well, I guess they did take his. They, they took his driver's license at one point. They come to get him, and then it's just, it's just becomes uh, home alone in the tunnels. And he ends up killing them all. And then kind of like he's been shot and stuff, and he kind of, uh, kind of makes his way to a rocking chair and gets in the rocking chair. And it's not really clear if John Rambo dies. Maybe implied, but not clear if he dies. So it's like the but, uh, ending of uh, what was the the Chris Hemsworth one that just came out? I talked about. Uh, what was that? Extraction. Oh, I, you don't yeah. know if he dies or not. <laughs> yeah, that, but that is also the other thing is 
Uh, Arnold or not Arnold Schwarzenegger, not Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Sylvester Stallone Stone. is seventy-three. I have a hard time with a seventy-three-year-old having a group of guys stand around him and basically stomp him. <laughs> like seventy-three-year-old dies from that. <laughs> not, or you not know, John Rambo. It's a it's a toughie. It's a toughie, but it is just. Just not a great movie. Uh, some of the worst green screen work for the driving scenes that I've seen in a movie. So, um, is he independently hmm? producing these? Like the Expendables. You know, not sure. Like, I always heard the Expendables was fun, and I started watching. I didn't even finish the first one. I don't think, and I was like, I don't think this is movies. really think- poor quality. It's not made well. The special effects are terrible. The, you know, the cinematography doesn't look good. The sound sounds bad. I just was completely unimpressed by the Expendables, and they're just written poorly. With the exception of the the later Rocky movies and the Creed movies, pretty much everything Stallone does now looks very low budget. Yeah. Oh man, it, it's so crazy. The problem is he cannot leave his characters. He can't. He can't let go of his characters. Um, you've. I assume you've seen Creed. Yes. I've seen the first one. I still haven't seen Creed 2 yet, though. Rocky Balboa should have died in Creed. I didn't want him to die, though. I, I get what you're saying. I get, like, it's a good story arc, but I would have been sad, and that I didn't want to be sad, so I was glad he didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Travis, Travis Tate does not like to feel. <laughs> I don't like to feel things, so I was glad he lived. <laughs> but um, John, the, the movie John Rambo, again, don't remember it very well, but... I remember liking it a lot. And that's a movie that was a good closeout for that character. Now, last blood, last blood, just, it just doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a Rambo movie. There's not, there are like a couple of tiny squirts of, you know, him talking to his niece about how, like when she's talking about, she wants to go to Mexico. You don't want to go there. There's bad people there. She's like, Oh, I can handle it. Like, Oh, no, I know those kind of people. And she's like, oh, you're not bad, Uncle John. He's like, yeah, I am. I get the darkness. I can't turn it off. <laughs> what are and they going to call the next of, one? Uh, Rambo uh, transfusion? It's got to be blood Rambo, Rambo, apparently we found some more blood. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. But it's, it's really, it's too short to, to make a story. It puts a lot of um, it puts a lot of mileage into you know these these couple of brutal action sequences and not enough because again first blood the action doesn't start happening probably until the back half of the movie the <clears throat> the first you know larger part of the movie is just about this guy who wants to be left alone and doesn't he's aimless he doesn't he can't die but he doesn't know how to live right. And he just kind of drifts and these people not letting him just be. So if they would have just let him be, we wouldn't have gotten any of the movies, right? Uh, Rambo last, but last blood, just painstakingly bad. Like, Mm. Hey, go ahead and watch it, Trav. And then next week we'll find out that apparently it's not that bad, but I, I, you know, it's a bad movie, but then layered on top of it, like the stuff about Mexico is pretty gross. I'm going to give myself an assignment. I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to find the positives in it. Oh, boy. You and know, they're going to be O positives because it's last blood. First of all, Travis, yes. see if you can 
see if you can find uh, First Blood to watch. Okay. I I'll, think it would be. I'll see if I can find I it. I think it would help to have seen First Blood. And if you can also find it, John Rambo. I got I in. I got into Rambo with the Rambo cartoon. Do you remember the Rambo? Yeah. I had the action <laughs> figures. The Rambo cartoon. That, now I'm starting to wonder if I never is. saw any of them, and I just remember the cartoon is real life. <laughs> Rambo and RoboCop are two properties that uh, I think it says a lot that they had cartoons. Well, that they <laughs> the the movies that happened in between. Uh, really must have been something for them to say, like, you know what, these can be properties that kids can watch. Since since we're on Stallone talk and we, we need to wrap up here, uh, let's get into a little news. Get into your Sylvester Stallone news. I don't know if it, this got picked up by a lot of stuff, but I'm kind of reticent to call it news. Okay, rumor. All it seemed, we'll, we'll call it a rumor. All it seemed like is that um, Sylvester Stallone made a movie, I think, or not a movie, he made a, a video that he put out online where someone had asked him about if he's going to do another demolition man. And he just, he basically just goes, Oh, you know, yeah, uh, we got that in the works. So uh, we're talking about getting it done. And immediately like everyone on this, like, Hey, demolition man two's coming. Which it would again, be, I want to remind you, he's 73. Right. It would be par for the course though. It really would. Did Wesley, was, Sni- Wesley Snipes died well, in that movie, right? Yes. Because if you're going to do it, you got to bring back like a clone of Wesley Snipes. What was his character's name? It was a catchy Um, name. I can't remember what it was, though. (laughs) You said it out loud. I'm going to find it because you're right. Didn't he speak in the third person or something like that? Yes. Simon says. Simon uh, Simon Garfunkel. That was his name. His name was Simon (laughs) Garfunkel? (laughs) His name was Simon Garfunkel. (laughs) Do you think they can get uh, uh, Sandra Bullock to be in it? Again, yeah, I, I feel like Sandra Bullock Sandra Bullock is a treasure, but I also feel like it's probably not that hard to get Sandra Bullock to do something. Yeah, she hasn't really done much lately. Well, Ocean's Eight oh, was yeah, the last is, thing I remember. Dude, it is it is totally a cool name. Simon Phoenix. Simon Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. You can do a clone. But you are right. Wasn't Sandra uh, Bullock related to him in some way and they still kinda like were love interests? That was uh, I that's something that I think was implied. Like she was a, a descendant bit, of never, his. <laughs> I don't think that they ever really clarified. I think it was, it was something Uncle John. Like in, an, in the eyes, yeah, Uncle John. In an original script, I think they were supposed to be related, but I think that they they ended up not doing that. Okay, yeah, that's that's. Weird. I think it's maybe maybe it's like something that you can maybe get out of watching it. But I, also, at the end of the day. I don't get me wrong. I like Demolition Man. Was Demolition Man so good that you're like, man, we need to see more of that story? I don't think it was good enough that I needed to see it a second time because I barely remember it. I just remember Wesley Snipes with blonde hair, and then Dennis Rodman copied it. <laughs> it's a. I think it was a watchable movie. I think it's when um, when people say like, oh man, Armageddon was good. Like it was probably watchable. It's not a good movie, right? It was of the time. It was all right. <laughs> you know, of course, you know, everybody's got out there, got there. Like, are we going to find out what the three shells was joke? <laughs> well, we got a little bit more news there. Uh, so this, this is actually breaking wrestling news. Uh, my son Cameron comes running in right before we start recording. He goes, did you hear what happened? So you've heard me talk about Becky Lynch, the wrestler before, right? Is she, is she calls the herself the man. Yeah, okay. Apparently she's pregnant, so she had to give up her title. <laughs> huh. 
So, okay. So the woman Oscar, she's a Japanese wrestler that won the Money in the Bank last night. Last night is now the the champion. So, so I I just like I want to see the headline when Becky Lynch gives birth and it'll say "Man gives birth." <laughs> I'm waiting go. for that. It'll be like the Weekly World News headline. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I had a T-shirt when I was in high school. I had a T-shirt of the Bat Boy. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, everybody loves Bat Boy. Oh, the Weekly World News. The we the Weekly basically World basically Nosferatu, kind of the, right? Uh, sort of, yeah. <laughs> sort of, yeah. Um, the Weekly World News was kind of the wrestling of of uh, tabloid papers. Of they like there was kayfabe to that. Of uh, but everybody was like, this none of this is real. <laughs> this is all bad. Right. But, we are, uh, so one. Oh, Go I was going to say Go one la- one last bit of news. Like, I don't know, news of sad news of... Uh, Let me do one before we get to the sad one. Oh, okay. Do yours. I just wanted to mention uh, Boba Fett is going to be in The Mandalorian Season 2. So I I was reading some stuff. I saw somebody say, um, uh, what Boba Fett name? What Django Fett name? Uh, it was a... Uh, it's a Timona... Uh, Tamara, Tamara Morrison yeah. had said yeah, yeah. That he's going to be in the Mandalorian. I saw it and, confirmed uh, in Variety. I think uh, I saw someone pause it, and I think this is probably the truth, is um, Tamara Morrison will be playing Rex in the Mandalorian, and uh, uh, actual ass Boba Fett kid will probably come in and be real Boba Fett. I mean, I'm fine with that, too, because I would like to see Rex in there. And Timon yeah, is you, a little older now, so that would let him grow out a white beard. So he's like Rex. Yeah, when you think about how old Tamara Morrison is, it wouldn't line up very well unless you want to, unless you want to put forth like a like a rapid aging thing for the clones. I'm on board with seeing both of those characters show up in that series, so yeah. I would be fine with that too. Well, if if Ahsoka is coming in, it only makes sense that Rex is going to be there. Yeah, makes sense. And then we'll get to the sad news. Yeah, uh, Jerry the creator Stiller of the man's away. ear. Oh. Yeah, man. He was ninety-two. Uh, ninety-two, but God, what a what a powerhouse of hilarity! <laughs> I was watching. Someone posted a um, posted a uh, blooper reel from uh, an episode of Seinfeld. It's it's blooper in that um, like everyone in the room is trying to get their lines out and all, all Jerry Stiller has to do is deliver a line and no one can hold on. And I can't blame him. <laughs> no, he's just so over the top and funny and like, in your face. All he's, funny. Saying, all he's saying is you want a piece of me and no one can hold on. Like, uh, <laughs> he's one of those, just, he's one of those people. He's just hit his bones are funny. Like everything, the way he looks, the way he walks, the way he dresses, you know, the way he speaks, the way he delivers a line, everything about him was funny. Yeah, like, just like in the scene, Julia Louis, he's trying to deliver to Julia Louis Dreyfus, and she cannot. She just freaking <laughs> cannot hold on. It just every time he delivers a line, she's, she's, you can just see her face. She's trying to stone cold her face, and she just can't <laughs> every time. And every time she gets out a new line, it goes to one of his lines. And like, Jason Alexander's standing next to her, and he literally just falls out of the chair and rolls around. <laughs> just what a guy. Father of Ben Stiller. Yeah. Who, who like, Ben Stiller, Ben Stiller is kind of a fascinating figure in that uh, some of his early stuff, really great. 
uh, hit a point where he kind of fell into a rut of making Ben Stiller movies. And then like, I've heard stuff about that. He's, he's pretty hard on himself and he just has a hard time dealing with the criticism of kind of his later stuff. He will Ferrelled. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, Will Ferrell's still out there getting some. I don't, I don't remember the last time I saw Ben Stiller in anything, which is sad because I think he's, I think Ben Stiller's really great. Yeah. When when he needs to be. Um, I think like you know, I th- the Night at the Museum ben, movies was the last really big thing he did. I think. Uh, ben Stiller show was one of those things that I I really liked. It was kind of uh, you know kids in the hall adjacent. Uh, he's in a movie that I really like called Zero Effect that I think he's he's spectacular in just. I think he's a good guy that kind of got into a rut, uh, kind of a Mike Myers-esque rut. And as opposed to some of those other guys who just put their head down and keep going, he maybe took it a little little to heart and just kind of stopped. Yeah, maybe I he'll have a comeback. I hope you're doing okay, Ben Stiller. That's it. Call me Ben Stiller. I want to you know, make you feel better. Well, he's probably not doing okay today. <laughs> I, I feel like he did. I would bet that if he got a, into a good deal with the Night at the Museum movies, those just those just pay for whatever his lifestyle is. Oh, I'm, I'm sure he's doing fine financially. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you got anything else? Uh, you know, nothing big. Just some little stuff of what I've been watching. That I'm getting. I'm going to keep watching. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Westworld closed out, and you know that that's a that's not a huge discussion, but just a matter of like. It's a eminently, it's a puzzle box kind of show and I enjoy it. I don't know if it's good anymore. It's really weird and really obscure and contradicts itself here and there. And is it being weird like just said, to be weird? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it, like I said, it's a puzzle box show. It's one of those shows that the whole point of watching it is the twists ah. and the people who are in it. Uh, the people who are in it, lots of good, lots of great actors, lots of good performers. Uh, I, I immediately, when I got done, I listened to a, uh, oh, let me get this. Are you still there? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Something went off on my phone. Um, you know, a lot of guys like Ed Harris, I'd listened to uh, this podcast talk about how Ed Harris had been getting kind of frustrated with the show because, um, you know, he he had a hard time dealing with that. You know, he, he signed on to play a particular type of character that changed post the first season, but it wasn't, it wasn't just that it was like, um, post past the first season, he would get like his, his lines and stuff like that kind of as an ongoing thing. And he's like, he was frustrated in that. I don't really know who I'm playing. I know episode to episode what I'm doing, but I don't know what my character is really supposed to be feeling because I'm not allowed to really know where the character's going. Like they're making it up as they go along. Not so much that as that, like it's a puzzle box show. So they get worried about spoilers getting out there. So they, Mm -hmm. you know, don't really, don't really inform it very well. So anyway, like again, I'm not sure how I feel about the show as a, as an ongoing, well, I know I feel about the show of I'm going to keep watching it because it's a really watchable show, but I don't know if it's good anymore. So, but, but, but also I won't be seeing new ones of that for probably two years. So it may have jumped the robotic shark. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Again, I don't know. Have you ever had a show like that where it's like, I know this show isn't very good, but it has elements that make it really watchable. So I'm going to keep up with Uh, it. 
I mean, Lost jumps to the front of my mind. <laughs> That's one. I yeah, Lost is one that get, got brought up a lot in the podcast I was listening to, and Lost was a show that uh, I was into early on and fell off of. And I know at least one. There, there's one uh, friend of mine who will never forgive Lost. Who is will they'll just they'll never stop being mad at Lost <laughs> because of how badly it ended. Right. I think all of the uh, DC TV shows probably reach that too. Like. I, I really got into them, and honestly, the last year and a half, I haven't watched a single one of them. It was just, it was the same thing every week. It's like, all right, they're just they're extremely watchable, which makes them profitable. It's the it's the Walking Dead effect of people want to keep watching this, but we just don't we don't have any gas left in the tank. We don't have anywhere we want to take this anymore. But people it's, are still watching it, so it's just a money train at this point. Yeah, it's not artistic anymore. It's just keep pumping it out. And those DC shows are, you know, they're based on comic books, which are meant to be. They're supposed to be, to be fun. Like endless. <laughs> right. Well, they're supposed to be fun, but they're also based on stories that have been going on for 50 or 60 years now. So they've been going on for 50 and 60 years and they are not meant to end. Right. The Flash will like, how would the Flash ever end? How is, how is bat? You can't end Batman. You can't end Batman. There is never going to be a definitive end to any of these series. Because they always just like come the, back after you kill them. Yeah, the, ga- the gag in the Marvel Universe is how many times Wolverine has died. And <laughs> he's so popular of a character, you cannot... Uh, but even if, even if you could, how can you write an end? How can you write an end that would feel like a definitive end for a character that's been going that long and is kind of that beloved of like... Yeah, I... I <laughs> I'm pretty sure at this point I've read just, just with my casual reading, I've read two, maybe three deaths of Wolverine and he always comes. Wow. And it, yeah, it's a bad perpetuating thing because death has no meaning. It's kind of a fun, it's, it's a novelty of like, Oh, how are they going to write this death? But it doesn't, it carries no weight. Cause you know, you, they always come back. Yeah. That's all. That's almost why even the cinematic stuff almost holds no weight with me because you know, the way Tony Stark died, there's so many ways they can undo that and would if they they're given half a chance. If, uh, if, uh, the next phase of Marvel doesn't really pay off, like you bet your ass, they're going to get RDJ back in there. Well, yeah. If he keeps putting out crappy movies like, uh, Dr. Doolittle too. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, boy. That, <laughs> that was bad. Did we, did we talk about the dragon thing on the show? Uh, I, I felt like we did. Yeah. Cause I think I talked okay. about it when I saw it. But, oh, you! Oh, so you saw it? I didn't, oh, yeah, I've seen it. I didn't it. know you saw it. No, I saw it. I just like a, a day after that happened, a day after that show came out, there was like a critic who said, "I have to. The world must know. Like nobody should have to be surprised by this. The world must know what happens to a dragon at the end of this movie." Well, I mean, he is a veterinarian, so reaching into a dragon's butt and pulling something out isn't so far fetched. But it was. Am I? Am I wrong? He pulls it out, and then like the bear says something like. Um, Teamwork makes dreams work. Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't remember. Woo! I was. I kind of tried to put it out of my mind as soon as it happened. And Travis, generally speaking, you are pretty forgiving of movies, and you say Doctor Doolittle is hot garbage. Yeah, it just didn't like. I mean, John Cena was doing a voice in it, and it, he sounded very contemporary. And then I just didn't think uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, accent was consistent. It was all over the place, and. It it just wasn't it wasn't fun. 
it wasn't fun. It wasn't good. Wow. It yeah, it was disappointing. Not that I expected much from it, but <laughs> I I at least expected to be entertained, and I was more like uh, just waiting for it to get over. <laughs> wow! 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 That's hey man, that that really speaks volumes. You know, is you know not the not not to say anything poor about it, but you generally speaking, you're pretty you're you're pretty uh, pleasable. It was made to entertain kids under seven, probably. <laughs> Hmm. That is uh, that is kind of an odd thing because uh, you know Mar- Marvel never really went that way with the uh, you know because those movies are ostensibly for kids but they're PG thirteen movies right you know I told you my my son figured out what uh, what orgies are or at least got to ask what orgies are because of Thor Ragnarok <laughs> hey I remember that so there you go my dude. Uh, Seems like we're on the back half, my dude. Uh, yeah, I think we need to wrap this one up. I got to go eat some uh, dinner. I'm starving. Uh, if you're someone who uh, if you're someone who has questions about Travis's dinner, uh, later to the tater at gmail.com is where you can get a hold of us. I we, saw asparagus being prepared. We are prepared to answer any of your dinner related questions, or just just hear from you. Tell us what you're all about. Tell us what you had for dinner, people. Uh, if you like what you're hearing about Travis's dinner. We would really love it if you would subscribe to our podcast, if you would give us five stars on Apple iTunes in particular, because that's kind of what drives things in a lot of ways. Give us a one-sentence review. That's how we get visible on the uh, Apple Podcasts store, if you want to call it a store. Uh, If none of that's working out for you, tell a friend. We'd just like to get people on board. That's all we're about on this show. You can also listen on Podbean and Laughable if you don't have an iPhone, so check those out too. Thank you for having that up. We love to be on other platforms. It's just, like I said, uh, most of the way people hear about things and most of the things that drives kind of listenership is Apple Podcasts. So that's that's what I'm, that's what I'm shooting for, my dude. Yeah. Uh, any any shows you want to uh, plug while we're here? Uh, this this weekend, how. Friday and Saturday, I'll be in Ogden, Utah at Wise Guys, 8, 8 p.m. Do, doing shows up there. Follow me. At Travis Tate Funny on all that stuff. Maybe I'll post about the after effects of the asparagus in about an hour. That should be fun. Uh, other than that. Certain smells. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it, so, though. Uh, you know what? Blue Wave Theory does our music. We appreciate some usage on that. Uh, as far as that goes, um, for Festivus, for the rest of us everywhere, for all the people that he, you got a lot of problems with, this has been Late to the Party with Travis Tate. Boom, Jake. And I'm Travis Tate, and better Tate than never.